Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Sermondo Talks. I'm Christina and I'll be speaking with Jana Krekic today, who's an Amazon listing translation expert. She runs her own agency and is also a pretty popular speaker at several events. So I would say let's just dive right in and see what she tells us. So I'm here today with Jana Grigic. She was born in Serbia. She's a very popular speaker at the moment, and she's the founder of YLT Translations. Good to have you here. Hi, Christina. Great to meet you today. Um, in one sentence, what is YLT Translations? YLT Translations is an Amazon-dedicated translation service. And how many languages do you personally speak and how many languages do you offer for the translation services? I actually come from um, uh, the translator background. I have a translator background because I used to study, uh, I studied actually have bachelor's and master's in Scandinavian languages, which means that I speak Norwegian and Danish and I speak German as well. We're not going to speak any German now, <laughs> but uh, English and Serbian and I understand French. So um, I would say five, five languages, me personally. Um, I don't do any translations at this point for YLT, but uh, since I've, I was working and living in uh, Copenhagen in this Danish e-commerce, uh, they were the leading Danish e-commerce and that's where I learned a lot about the Amazon. They have the 100,000 products uh, over there and I got really intrigued by how you can increase your revenue and your sales profit when you sell uh, cross-border, when you go globally. Uh, so I decided to uh, start my, my own uh, business. I've always been interested in, in languages. Uh, and I just decided to train my translators um, so they know how to um, actually make good Amazon listings and how to get the best out of it, the keyword research and everything. Because we so usually the keyword research is included in your... Yes, keyword research is included. And unlike all other competitors, we don't have any word limit. So if you are a seller who has uh, A plus content or if you have just a 500 word listing, the price is absolutely the same um, and everything is included. So keyword research, localization, we do optimization also as well. And all of our translators, which is really important, are not only native translators. Uh, yes, they've been trained by me how to do a really good Amazon listing, but they come also from um, SEOs or they come from the industry. So they're basically also marketers. So they also know what kind of language they use when they translate. Uh, I'm sure a lot of, you know, you know, the American style of like being like salesly listings, you know, like amazing, fabulous product that doesn't work so good in German. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of have to make it, uh, localize it and sound it a little bit different. And that's something that you should um, keep in mind when writing a listing. Uh, sometimes you're not going to get absolutely the same listing because that's what the localization is all about. And how long has your agency been around for? Uh, two years. And what were your personal reasons for becoming self-employed and not just working in another agency? Yeah. Well, I was working at this uh, biggest Danish, Danish e-commerce for eight years and I kind of got fed up with my job. And I was not happy with, um, I was happy with the results, but I, I was, um, I thought that I don't want to do this for anybody else. I thought that I might as well take my knowledge I have and just make it into my own thing. Um, and I didn't go and copy this the business. I always wanted to have my own translations agency. So two and a half years ago, I just decided to uh, quit my uh, nine to five job and just uh, start working something on my own. 
Uh, at that point, I had no idea what I want to do, but I was like, let's do something with languages. And then I just, uh, I was sitting at home and it was the first time I haven't gone to uh, office uh, after eight years. And that was my first actual job after university. And I was just like sitting at home and I was in my pajamas for, I think, 30 days in a row. <laughs> and I was getting kind of depressed because, you know, like when you're used to going to the office and talking to people, you see somebody. Yeah. I lived alone at that point and I, I did not see anyone. It was November. It was rainy. You know, it was really, this was like the worst period for me, like in my life. And then at one point I was like, okay, I have to like, uh, you know, uh, get a grip and be like, okay, like pull yourself together and start doing what, what you quit your work for. And then I just decided to call a couple of my friends from university across the world and to ask them, like, would they be uh, interested in doing some translation work? So I first started as a regular translation agency. Uh, we still have the translation agency, which is a regular one, which is wildt-translation.net. And the com one is the Amazon dedicated one. Mm -hmm. okay. I thought it would be much better idea because it uh, Amazon is such a great sales channel that I thought that we should definitely focus everything on Amazon and not on regular translations. So it all first started as a regular translations out of my love to languages and e-commerce and you know everything I've been through uh, while working. And then I was like, okay, I should definitely do Amazon. Like there's some future in it. I checked my competitors. They all seemed so much ahead of me. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Like, how do I, you know, reach out? How do I get to people to know me? Uh, and I was really stressed and, you know, I was not comfortable with reaching out to people. You know, it was just, yeah. I don't know, like if they could like reach out to me, that would be amazing. <laughs> so uh, basically that, that's why, like we started two years ago, but I would say that actual first seven, eight months, was just that we had this website and that was that. <laughs> and I was a member of a couple of uh, Facebook groups uh, as I'm sure a lot of people are. Uh, and I was just like posting and uh, answering questions. And I'm like, well, maybe I can like uh, force people to come to my website like this. And this is how I got my first clients from these Facebook groups. And then basically uh, we got some clients they recommended us uh, to other people oh, and perfect. one thing led to another and there was like hey you know my friend he has this web summit he has the you know and a lot of people don't talk about the topic of um, um, global expanding with uh, the usage of translations and uh, i really like that topic and uh, people seem to not think about going internationally so often but i really get some good response after like my presentations, uh, people approach me and they're like, well, you know, when you put it that way, like you did, I might as well try, you know, some market. And yeah. I'm like, sure. Well, you know, that's why I just want to um, show people how they can make profit and get ahead of their compet competition this way, because yeah. you never know if your product is going to be a good fit if you don't try. And especially because the German market is the biggest market. A lot of people don't know that, especially people from the States. And uh, so I just definitely think that they should give it a shot. But I also understand on the other hand, uh, that people get really afraid because they don't know the language. There's a language barrier. But then like, I think that the, um, you know, if everything is like the service or, you know, whoever you choose to work with is pretty transparent. They explain to you what is where they mark things very clearly. I don't think that there should be any misunderstandings. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that's kind of like the spirit of Sermondo that you can find uh, local service providers from like everywhere. Um, 
And yeah, this is also our, we always say our polar star, that people have the guts to just expand to other markets. Yeah, exactly. In general, what do you think makes a good translation firm? And what should Amazon sellers consider when they are searching for a good translation firm? Well, first of all, I think that, um, of course, everybody can have a translation agency. That's not a problem. You can, the, 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 um, the, the least is that you get and gather translations and translators. But I really think that you should, because I come from a translation background plus e-commerce, and I basically know how industry works and how everything can go wrong or right way. I just think that you should find like really uh, native people. And I see a lot of um, translation services that offer prices, which are pretty ridiculous. And I always invest in finding high quality people. So I would not ever hire somebody who is a uh, I don't want to offend anyone, but from other countries other than their native countries. And I really invest time into following up with everyone. Uh, we have like meetings once per, per week. I think you should always have this um, um, quality control. Uh, I know it, it takes a lot of time, but you should have a person who is in charge of the languages, the person who speaks languages and um, uh, as the quality uh, controller uh, role in, um, in the agency. And I really think that um, people should have enough time to translate because if you get, um, for instance, I get a lot of um, uh, inquiries from clients and they ask me like, could you do this like in two days or could you do it by the end of the day? Um, sometimes that might be possible if it's like 7 a.m. and like deadlines at midnight, but highly unlikely it's not going to be possible because it really takes a lot of time to get a good translation and to go do a really good keyword research that also asks for a lot of time. So if you do like a regular translation from the source to the target uh, language, um, you can do it like in a couple of hours, but keyword research plus incorporation of these keywords, we have some strategies we use where we want to use what keywords and how it reflect the results and you know sales and everything uh, also we get we, those keywords are very important because a lot of them use them in their ppc campaign so you don't want to get a wrong product to people so what i think it's most important are to have high quality people uh, and i think you should pay them good because then they're going to leave and uh, um, hard, uh, good people are really hard to find so you should just cherish what you have and to have a high quality uh by someone who actually knows what he's doing. So uh, you have to have like, for instance, we have a project manager for every language and uh, he does all the quality checks. And then at the end, everything comes to me. So I get just give a final thought and we send uh, out the listings and we do a lot of listings. So uh, I really enjoy what I do. I'm really passionate about it. So uh, I, I do still work a lot because a lot of people ask me like, are you still like doing the operational work and stuff? I do the final quality checks um, and I do uh, once a week uh, meetings with translators and the rest of my team uh, so that we are still on the same page. Uh, I really want the people to, to follow my vision and to understand what we're trying to do here. And it's really important to have people who are going to be on the same page as you are because people tend to forget that very easily. Like every three, four weeks, they're just like, oh, I don't know even know what I'm doing. And you know, and uh, I always like give uh, good feedbacks from my clients. I always forward them to my team. And I just think that you should try to build a team that's going to be uh, really into it as, uh, as, I don't know, 50% as much as you are as an entrepreneur. Um, when you say that you do like the final quality check, would you say that this is some sort of USP that your agency has that the founder herself sits there and does the last check and what other 
um, features does your agency have that makes you unique? Uh, well, uh, I think we're unique because we have 35 in-house translators and they're here and they just work all the time for us. And that's pretty great because a lot of people uh, were freelanced and they, you know, uh, quit that, their work or worked full time at an office. It's just like started working for us. So I just think that's super valuable because I think they really have a, a high quality team that's with us, with, that's been with us for about a year and a half. Like all the people have stayed with us for that uh, amount of time. And um, yes, so uh, the project managers, they check all of the uh, listings when we gather them because we use uh, one of our templates and it's a really cool template. And what also makes us unique is that when we use this template, it's clearly written where your title bullets and product description, but we also mark the keywords we used in red. So it's pretty clear where we use the keywords and you can easily understand what's used where. And also with the keyword database, we also mark what um, keywords we use from the database. So it's actually, it's pretty straightforward. And even though you don't understand the language, you can see, you can check, uh, you know, in Helium 10 or whatever uh, you can to, to see like what the keywords are important for the listing. Uh, and yeah, so the next thing is it goes to the project managers. And then after that, I get the final word because I double check everything. And I try to see, you know, like if maybe if there was some, uh, problems with the keywords or with the length or maybe the, the whole layout because I think it's really important um, to also mention that we really literally tailor everything according to clients needs so if the client wants us to have a translation of images in PDF on the picture we have designer who does everything on the picture some of, some people don't uh, need that and then we just delivered it in word text and a lot of people have and a lot of clients have different demands and I really uh, always uh, want to make time and hop on a 15 minute call with a client and to ask him like, okay, so is this what you want? Like, can you tell me? Because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm um, like video calls and calls in general are in favor uh, because uh, back and forth thing uh, with emails, like, you know, 15 emails, they're like, uh, what are you yeah. talking about? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just like to like, it's a 10, 15 minutes call. Like we can just like walk while I'm out on the street and while you're working at the gym. Like just, you know, if we can just figure this out together. So that's uh, also really important. And I always make time for clients or my project manager. We always uh, have time to basically adjust everything that you need according to your own uh, forms and procedures and everything. So we, we tend to follow that. Um, I guess you're working with clients from all over the world, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, what do you expect from your, your clients? I mean, you say you take the time to um, get back to them and ask them if they're fine with everything. But uh, of course, the client has also to contribute. He has to make yes. clear statements and everything. What do you expect from your clients? Well, the only thing, we don't actually have any major requirements. So it's pretty easy, like how it works. And we just need, so depending from where you come from. So basically a lot of our customers, most of our customers come from the, the States, the UK and Germany. So if you're from Germany, we also do like, um, translations from German to other European markets and Japanese and Mexican market. Uh, but um, uh, so we only need your listing. Uh, which might be active. Uh, so you can just give us a link to your uh, English or German listing, or you can send that in a file. Other people send our, an Excel sheet and they just tell us, Here is, here's the text and do your work. And uh, I just want to mention that a lot of people send us their keywords they used for their listing for their product. 
And that's something that is really not so relevant for us. I mean, it's a good guideline if you want to, okay, so this is what we should focus on. But um, every language has to have their own market research for the keywords. So it might happen that the keywords are the same when you just translate them as they are, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean that they have the same actual phrase or the word order. So um, that's really not relevant for us. So basically, we just need your listing written in English or German, link to it or the file you can send us in. Um, how do you solve issues with your clients? Like, uh, let's take the worst case and the client is not happy with your work. How would you resolve that? Yeah, well, uh, this is quite different than how I would, I would resolve it like a year and a half ago, because a year and a half ago, I was so stressed when I get like uh, bad emails. And of course, sometimes you really, you know, you, you cannot like make everyone happy. You can just do the best you can. And, you know, it's uh, there are different client type of clients out there. So I would first get like super stressed and I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like here's like 50% discount. I'm terribly sorry. And then I'm like, well, why sh am I apologizing this much? Like sh I should not be doing this. I should be saying like, if I know that we did the best job, there's possibly, you know, that could possibly be done. I could just say like, um, okay, well, here's what we did. Here are our arguments and this is what we did. And I'm like, right now I'm like taking it a little bit from a, from a distance. I'm not taking that personally because before it was like, I was taking it so personally, like I would like cry, you know, but it's all about experience and how, how many times did you handle similar situations? And I handled a lot of those situations while I was working for this big e-commerce, but it's different when you work for yourself. And so he's like personally attacking your own company. So, you know, there was absolutely no way for me not to um, uh, experience that as a personal insult, you know, but uh, right now I would just, you know, uh, you know, if there, if there's something that we did wrong, uh, or something that the client is not happy with and he has the right to say that he would like something to be changed. Uh, we, of course, do two revisions per listing until the clients are happy, definitely. And if the client is, uh, I mean, you know, of course, client is always right, but, you know, sometimes people can be really difficult. But at that point, I just decided that I'm not going to take it personally. And if I know that I'm right, I'm going to write them like, you know, thank you for your comment. Thank you for your patience. But this is what we did. And I think this is good because, you know, this, this, mm -hmm. and that. And from my experience, like when you explain someone very rationally what they're asking of you and what you delivered, they usually say, oh, really, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. So it actually, you know, results very nicely. It doesn't go into conflict. I haven't had a conflict ever. I just had this like uh, imaginary scenario, like what's going to happen? Like, you know, <laughs> if I just, you know, say like, no, this is what we did. And, you know, you should not act like that. But like once you get control and you write an email like that, and then you get an absolutely positive feedback, I'm like, mm -hmm, okay, so this works. And this is how I'm going to manage things from now on. So you personally take the time to resolve issues with your, with your yeah, clients. When sometimes, when sometimes my uh, project manager cannot manage that, like she uh, assigns me a ticket and then I, um, take I, I take care of that, especially with some uh, bigger sellers. Cause we work from seven to nine figure sellers. And then for some um, sellers, I want personally to take care of them, you know, uh, to give them my, our customer service at its yeah. best. And yeah, so it's, you know, those like the VIP clients. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I'm interested in is um, Amazon SEO is changing the whole time. Yeah. 
similar to PPC new rules, old rules, whatever, all gets mixed up. Um, so how do you manage to keep track on that? Like, how do you inform yourself? Well, I have a lot of uh, really good friends from the industry and uh, we talk on daily or weekly basis. So uh, I'm also part of a couple of masterminds as well. And, uh, but I would rely on my, my friends for more, for, to say the most because they're really uh, big players in the industry. And then, you know, they would tell me like, hey, you know, did you know this, this? Or also you can see that in Facebook groups. You don't have to have like, uh, I don't know, uh, high influential friends to find out about um, the changes. Um, also, uh, we talk a lot with the um, Amazon representative in Seattle as well. So we do have a lot of different sources on how do we get to know what's going to happen or not. Uh, but uh, as I said, um, nobody knows for sure when they change anything, not even uh, influencers <laughs> or you just like, well, my reviews are gone. Like, what am I going to do now? And you're like, uh, yeah, but they're back tomorrow morning. So, okay, maybe nothing changed here, you know. So you can, uh, you know, you can get a lot of the, you know, the boy who cried wolf situations. Uh, but you have to just like uh, keep an eye on that, especially because, you know, uh, if we do a bad job with like, let's say um, there was, well, I think there was like a situation like a month ago where um, I got uh, an, an, a, like a very urgent email from my client saying like the Amazon is going to shrink the titles to 50 characters and like we have to do like everything. And I'm like, uh, what? And then uh, I contacted some people. They told me like, yeah, this is what we've heard. And then three days later, the, the, the story was completely like dropped. It was like, it's the nothing same as happens. it was. Yeah. yeah, nothing happens. And I'm like, okay. You know, because like if we did deliver listings, which are, um, you know, not according to the TOS, uh, listings are going to get banned. Yeah. And you don't want that to happen to your client. So we really, really have to pay attention to what are the latest changes. Uh, we really have to keep up the keep up track with that all yeah. the time. Yeah, I think that's you, you can every, never you can never right. know, but you can never know this for sure. And no, you know. the only person that knows is Jeff. And he yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, um, that would be it for the business part. Now I'm coming to the personal questions, which is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like least about your job? Least. Um, I, I wanted to answer that. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't like that I have clients from different time zones. So I basically don't have a working the time. Uh, I work a little bit in the morning, but then like at 9 PM, like when I'm out, uh, you know, dinner and stuff, I'm like, I have to go back to home. I'm going to have this meeting at 10.30 or like 11.30 p.m. And so that's basically the only thing that bothers me because I don't have, let's say I decide to work from noon to 5 p.m. and like everything is here. And then I don't think about work the rest of the time. Uh, it's, it's like uh, I kind of carry my work with myself all the time. And that's something I've been struggling with. And I really want to take like a, one day or two days off completely offline and just like focus on myself because I think that you can like uh, burn out uh, really easy, which I have experienced a couple of times. Uh, and then I take a break. I just think that on a regular basis, I should have like a regular break from work and just uh, kind of also set my boundaries, you know, when it's okay to have clients, when it's not okay. And that's what I'm struggling with. And that's the, the thing I don't, I don't like. Do you think this is your biggest challenge that you have to overcome, like finding the balance between work and your private life? 
Yes, that's definitely one of my challenges. But the second challenge is uh, working on my focus uh, because I lose, I lose focus uh, a lot of times. And sometimes like uh, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, uh, I'm just going to watch Netflix like the whole day today, <laughs> like 15 hours. I just don't feel like doing anything. And uh, but, you know, at this point, when uh, I have this like uh, super fast growing business, I cannot act like that, you know, as much as I want to but I just uh, need to find focus. And that's something I think you should, you can train and you can make yourself uh, have more focus. And there are like different techniques and stuff. Like I've been uh, recently listening to uh, Sam Owens, uh, his uh, monk discipline video. That's pretty brutal, but it's absolutely true. Uh, I've been reading some books. So I just trying to get myself in focus, uh, you know, like just, uh, you know, wake up in the morning, you know, work out, meditate and just and start work and just focus on that for five hours, not checking my phone or social media and stuff like that. And, you know, like today I, I haven't done any of it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it's going to need some time for me to completely, you know, focus on doing that. But, you know, I want to get better focus on work and I want to, um, kind of have the better balance between like work and life balance and to say like okay this is like when my uh, day ends and especially because uh, the previous year I've delegated so many uh, tasks and operational stuff to the rest of my team so now I have actually more time to d dedicate to what is more important for my business uh, for you know speaking uh, conferences uh, podcasts you know show putting myself out there uh, other than just like taking care of basically everything uh, so I was really happy that I could actually, uh, delegate, uh, that I, d uh, decided to delegate my things. Cause you know, like when you're a small business owner, you're basically doing everything. And then like when your business, uh, keeps growing, it got, got it grows you and you have only 24 hours per day. And I was freaking out about like, well, who am I going to leave my business to? Like nobody's going to do the job as, as good as I do. I'm like, and then at that point I wanted to go to a vacation first time after like a year and a half and I'm like okay I have to go on a vacation and I really cannot work over there and I'm gonna leave this to my current project manager and we'll see just see what happens and I went there I was like sweating like for two <laughs> first two days and I'm like you should relax like seriously like you should like smash it because they brought my laptop of course I'm just I'm gonna go smash this laptop and I'm like gonna I don't know like pray to God that everything's gonna be okay and everything worked fine. Your business uh, is still I, there. <laughs> I was really lucky and blessed to have Luna as my project manager because she is the boss. She is absolutely uh, great, like the best uh, person you can imagine that's working for you. And uh, nothing bad happened. And after that, I got the courage to kind of risk more and to just kind of go out there. Of course, you like, I think it through, you know, I just like, let's do it. Uh, but I, I, I learned that if you risk, you can get better things. Of course, not every time it works great, uh, not even for me. But that learned me that, you know, by letting go some things and delegating to others, it will be okay. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you like to watch uh, Netflix. I do too. Um, <laughs> what other hobbies do you have? Like, what do you do in your free time to just calm down and relax a little? Yeah, well, I, I enjoy running uh, and I used to uh, run half uh, marathons. Uh, I haven't, uh, honestly, I haven't uh, 
I haven't run in the past like two years, ever since I started um, uh, the whole uh, Wild Tea uh, thing. And I really want to get back in, uh, in, uh, in the game because I was a really big fan of uh, CrossFit like uh, seven, eight years ago and doing the half marathons. And I really think it's really, really important that you do like, uh, you know, exercise on regular, uh, regular basis that it becomes like a natural thing for you. So like these days I just, going back to my exercise routine and to my running because it really helps me relax and I really kind of get into this like meditation state like when I run I talk about you know it's basically for me it's like you know like when you take a shower and you're like oh my god like I should do it you know like big radical changes in your life happens in the shower well that also happens for me like when I go running uh, and uh, so I enjoy running and I also used to play the piano. Um, uh, I went to also musical high school. I played the piano for 12 years. So that's like also something which I enjoy. It's like also very, it has a, like a really soothing effect. I should also do that quite uh, often, more often than I do it right now, definitely. But yeah, I enjoy doing that. And um, I, I, uh, I speak German, uh, but I've, uh, I've, I haven't spoken it for such a long time. Uh, I've been to Merton Day in Hanover and they invited me as a speaker next year. Uh, so I just decided to definitely brush on my German. So I just decided having a private tutoring again. So I still uh, cannot learn German. So I also enjoy, I always enjoy um, um, German language as well. Uh, and uh, if you need yeah. someone to, to practice with, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> um, what would you say do you spend most of your money on? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> here it comes. Well, okay. We're girls, right? We can talk yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah. Well, most of my money goes on expensive bags and shoes. That's it. I'm as superficial as it gets. Uh, that's it. And uh, it was really hard for me to understand that I have to invest money in my business. Uh, so basically this year, I've actually spent most money on my business, uh, you know, investing in people and conferences and travels. But my guilty pleasure are, you know, um, uh, bags and shoes. That's bags it. and shoes. That's a classic. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, like makeup, you know, but makeup, it's not that, you know, that, 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 that expensive, but, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. Um, now to my favorite questions of all of them. If you could hire any famous person in this whole world, who would that be and why? To do what? To work for you. It could be your boss, your colleague or an employee or freelancer. You can work with any famous person. Okay. I would like to work with this Sam Alvins I, I was talking about. He is a true inspiration. He's just wow. And second person I would like to work with is Keanu Reeves. He is the best person out there. And I would think that he would make such an uh, amazing addition to my team with his kind of, um, you know, uh, he's so humble, but generally good person. And he would be an absolute spokesman for the, for the brand. So I might just reach out to him after this interview. And everyone just loves Keanu Reeves. Exactly. So he would be like, a, you know, he would be a good uh, um, agency image to, to, you know, present with and to take him uh, together to the conferences and stuff. Perfect. Um, can you name three tips that you would give to any Amazon seller out there? Um, okay. 
Tip number one, which I've seen happens a lot. You always have to have a lot of products in your stock and never underestimate yourself. Because what happens is that PPC guys, they do a really good job. And then when it comes to prime day, you gonna, you know, you, you don't have anything left in stock and that kind of blocks your sales and everything that happens to so many people. So I would say that you should not underestimate yourselves and always have that stock really full and think very optimistic because in a lot of times you, you have the whole thing running if all the pieces of the puzzle are there uh i think you're gonna be out of stock in no time and then that's gonna be a major problem for you so i would i would say keep in mind on stock um yeah number two is never translate the keywords you have from english to other languages because a lot of people do that and that's why you get wrong keywords you don't get uh, ranked for listings you want to you uh waste time you waste money and you use wrong keywords in your ppc campaigns so we're basically talking about like six months of uh, wasted money and time and especially if you're entering a new market it takes like even more time if you make these mistakes and number three is going to be um, maybe uh, it's going to be that you should definitely try out new markets, like definitely to not be afraid of, uh, you know, not trying or staying at your uh, home country uh, market. And, but you just have to do keyword research um, really and research of the market. So that's number three. You have to know what the market wants because uh, Japanese market, German markets, UK market, they're all like really big markets, but you don't want to make a mistake about not doing the market research. Because I'm pretty sure a lot of people know what happened to Dolce Gabbana uh, when they wanted to sell something on Chinese market yes. with that uh, really interesting commercial with the Asian person eating pizza with their with the chopsticks. Uh, so they banned their merchandise over there. Or for instance, like uh, Kim Kardashian, she uh, wanted to launch her uh, shapewear uh, laundry and she called them kimono and then the japanese government got really upset about it and she had to change the name of the product you know and it's like all there's like so many things that you have to think about but uh, if you do the, the 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 keyword research and the market research the right way i think you can just only gain from the whole thing yeah very good tips. I only know the the example of a car. I think it was Hyundai, and they called it Laputa or something, which we <laughs> forget in some countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> countries, this model not, was not really one of the popular ones. So, oh my god, <laughs> listen to this woman. <laughs> That's okay. hilarious. Um, my last question uh, would be if you have any free resources like blog, like podcast, that you read on the regular or listen to that you can recommend. Yes. Uh, so I would like to, uh, so you mean podcasts or? Just anything that you watch yeah. or listen to. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I really like, um, I have the uh, morning brew um, uh, blog that I, I like to listen to. I mean, they, uh, to, 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 to read, they send newsletters every day and those are um, interesting uh, tips and facts and some just interesting stories from the business world. And they also have a lot of things about uh, Amazon, uh, that one. And I also like to read skimmed. It's also about similar content of like business wise, but it also sometimes about talks about uh, Amazon. I also like to uh, read about e-commerce news. It's not, um, the first two blogs are pretty kind of funny and written with a, like a little bit of sarcasm. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. And, uh, but the e-commerce news has like really like top uh, information about 
all the markets out there. And that's really important for me because um, they also had one of the uh, first that introduced uh, Amazon um, uh, uh, United Arab and Emirates that they're going to do the Amazon launch and uh, you know how other markets are uh, being placed on that uh, top chart. And so it really helps me because it's really important because we do European markets, we do, you know, global expansion with listings. So it's really important for me to keep it, to keep track with that. And when it comes to podcasts, I don't actually listen to podcasts. Uh, the only one that I actually like is the Danny McMillan's uh, Seller Sessions. And that's about it. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of audio things. I'm just a visual type. And I always like to read a book or to read a blog other than listen to podcasts. Uh, they are really uh, super popular uh, when it comes to Amazon world, but I'm just not into uh, podcasts as much. And a lot of people tell me like, you should listen to this, you should listen to that. You know, there's like that AM and FM from, uh, I think, um, Manny Coates, you know, his yeah. podcast. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I, I listened to a couple of episodes, but um, again, I don't have anything which I regularly uh, follow. Um, I, right now I'm leading, uh, reading a book called The Attraction. I think a lot of people know about it. And the last book I read, it was like my third time I'm reading it. It's from the Napole Napoleon Hill. Um, uh, get uh, get rich. Uh, oh my God, I forgot the, the whole name of it. Like uh, the get rich, um, not fast, but oh, I forgot the name. Of it. But Napoleon Hill, it's the holy bible of the whole entrepreneurial uh, universe. And I really like that book. I'm more into like uh, something which is going to be like a, a guideline for you how to do stuff, other than like reading a motivational self help book. Yeah. Like, do it. <laughs> You know, uh, so I really like more books, which are like a handbook f to do something or books which have case studies so I can actually try and see, you know, how it works. And I have like this model, how it happened and stuff. Uh, I'm more into practical things, basically. Yeah, I have to say. Okay, perfect. Are there any other things that you want to get out before we, we, we finish the interview? Well, uh, that's basically it. Uh, people should go out there and try everything they can. And I always like to give an example of uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, so um, actor turned singer in the States and basically nobody knows about his singing career. But in Germany, he was an actual superstar. And, you know, he was singing at the opening of the Berlin Wall, you know, looking for freedom song and everything. He and claims that he's the reason that the, that the wall fell. <laughs> Well, so he did good. well, he did good, actually, you know. Yeah, um, so, yeah, so uh, David Hasselhoff is an example of a um, very good product launch. Uh, he never knew he was going to be that popular until he tried it. So be more like David Hasselhoff mm -hmm. and not like Dolce Gabbana. <laughs> That's my final tip. <laughs> I love this. I think I will get, uh, I might get like uh, a tattoo for my wall <laughs> that says exactly that. Okay. Um, perfect. And thank you for being on our show. It was a pleasure talking to you and thanks for all the insights. I'm sure our users enjoyed it and um, yeah, have fun in Hong Kong. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was uh, absolutely great to just uh, sit and chat about you know, I really enjoyed this because it was uh, not so formal, you know, chat because a lot of people have like, okay, these are like the questions and stuff and nobody asks you anything about, you know, like, is it hard, how it is, you know, what are, like, how did you feel? And I really like this. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
All right, guys, that was it for today. That was a lot of information, a lot of useful advice that you can apply to your own business. If you're interested in Jana's agency, I put the link in the description. You can find her agency and hundreds of other service providers from any category on sermondo.com. They are all specialized in working with Amazon FBA businesses like yours. So check it out and I'll see you guys for the next interview. The next interview. The next interview. The next interview.